Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise God. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. It's good to be here. I haven't seen a lot of faces in a long period of time, but it's glad to be, you know, back here. I stood in worship and I I cried. How many of y'all cried? Anybody cried during worship? I cried. I cried because I was glad to be here. You know, I cried because it brought back so many memories, you know, of um, being a part of ITC, the International Training Center, you know, that was here. And um, I cried because it was a place where God, you know, planted me and where God birthed something out of me, you know, and not just by coincidence, but by really making choices to submit to God and to submit to the leaders of the house. Amen. So I honor Apostle Stephen and Apostle Melody Hilton. I honor um, Pastor Joel Hilton, Pastor Joel Hilton, who spoke into my life. And I know we had some rough times because I would say no sometimes. Some of y'all say no sometimes when, you know, your leaders speak to you. Say no because you don't really want to do it or you don't see it. You know, sometimes God puts people over us and we don't really always see the entire plan. But when God puts us underneath people, he knows that there's something that he's putting on the inside of them that helps us get to where we need to go to. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. How many of y'all believe that God has a good plan for us? The title of my message today is Extraordinary People. Extraordinary People. Somebody say Extraordinary people. How many of y'all believe you're an extraordinary person? You know, I believe that we're extraordinary because of God and our position with him, but I do believe that we are kind of ordinary without God and without our position with him, right? That we're pretty simple, that I'm pretty simple. There's nothing extra special about me. There's nothing extra special about my husband. A lot of people speak about Apostle, you know, Apostle Lewis, and there's nothing extra special about any of us. We're pretty much all alike, you know, Some of us might be black and white and pink and orange, you know. But for the most part, we're ordinary people, but we're extraordinary when we're connected to God. Amen. That there's something that happens when we really submit ourselves to him and allow him to work on the inside of us and to really begin to process us. When we, like like Pastor Joel spoke about, put our knees down to God and see God from a place of of surrender. There's something that happens with ordinary vessels when we're yielded to God. You know, when we yield to God, there's a supernatural that takes place. How many of y'all believe that? When we're completely submitted to God, you know, and, and, and God is our source. Just like David said, he said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. He never said, I'm going to seek after position. He never said, I'm going to seek after being so great. He never said, I'm going to seek after being in Hollywood or acting. He never said, I'm going to seek after being in government or having influence in the city. He said, one thing will I seek after. And that one thing is what? God. Amen. And that's the one thing that's different that makes us extraordinary people. Amen. The people of God are extraordinary because we seek after God. And when we connect with God, then God uses us. And when we connect with God, then God opens us up to his supernatural. When we connect with God, God opens us up to the power of God that's beyond our power and beyond our striving. Amen. And beyond what we think, what we hope for, what we imagine. It's way beyond our thoughts. How many of y'all believe that God wants to do extraordinary things with you? Amen. I believe that God wants to do extraordinary things in everybody. Somebody say everybody. Everybody. 
sometimes we point and we say, oh, God's doing extraordinary things with them. God's doing extraordinary things with that one or this one. But you know what? God's doing extraordinary things with us all. Every single one of us. We are all an extraordinary people to God. Now, the word extraordinary, I want to break it down. Extraordinary means exceptional, remarkable, astounding, sensational, amazing, astonishing. How many of y'all looked in the mirror and you said, I'm astounding? I'm astonishing. I'm amazing. You know, I'm exceptional. I'm stunning. How about unbelievable? Phenomenal. You know, we might think it's prideful, but the thing is, God made us a great people. Christ in us, the hope of glory. God made us a great people. And sometimes we shy back from greatness and we get afraid of greatness. And the enemy tries to intimidate us. He intimidates us when we think about great things. He intimidates us when we think about stepping beyond and outside our boxes and doing the extreme and the unimaginable and things that we don't think we're qualified for. But how many of y'all know that God made us what? A great people. An extraordinary people, except we were about to do great things, right? How many of y'all believe that? And great things from what? Anywhere. 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 Do you understand what I'm saying? Anywhere. And I want to emphasize that. Another uh, definition for the word ex uh, extraordinary is unforgettable. Leaving a mark. It's unique. Uncommon and rare. That means you are exceptional, remarkable. You're astounding. You're sensational. You are amazing. You're stunning. You're unbelievable. You're phenomenal. You're momentous. You're memorable. You're unforgettable, unique, and you are uncommon and rare. That's what God says about us as his people. That's what you are. That's what I am. And us being that, it's not just who we are, but what we do. Right. So therefore, if we are uncommon, exceptional, you know, unforgettable, momentous, if that's who we are, then it's not just that we're just called to be great. We are called to do great things. Right? right? We're called to do great things. We're called to break things down and tear things up. And we're called to reestablish, to build, to plant. We're called to speak for God, speak for God's promises. We're called to establish the kingdom of God in this world. You know, sometimes when we use words that are too extreme, we get scared because we're like, we just kind of want to relax. You know, there's a little bit too much. We are too much. Extraordinary. Extra. We're extra. I know it's a slang right now. Some of like, you acting a little bit extra. <laughs> but that's the truth. We're extra. The opposite of that is common, normal, typical, unexceptional, unextraordinary, usual, mundane. Jesus was not unusual. You look through the whole, the word of God is not usual. It's not a usual book. It's like a best-selling book forever, you know. We are uncommon and exceptional people. We're forced to be reckoned with. And that's how God wants us to understand who we are and how he made us. That's how God wants us to be. God's calling us to extraordinary and to walk as an extraordinary people in this time, in this world. The book of Psalms chapter 8, verse 4 to 8, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? I asked myself that question, and like, what, God, why would you even think about me? What's so special about me that you even consider me? Why would you even extend your favor or your grace, you know, towards me? You think about it. You know, I came from Trinidad and Tobago. 
I grew up in a very, very rough area. There's prostitution and drugs and, you know, so many things in that area. I'm the least likely candidate for, for anything that I've, uh, you know, that I've done so far by God's grace. Came here by God's grace, Prophetess Galen Shelley Sheehan. They helped me with schooling to get over here. God gave me a dream about coming to ITC. It was just, we were just speaking about it yesterday. It was a dream, through a dream that I knew I was going to come, because when I read the packet, I said, oh boy, that's going to be hard. <laughs> you know? But it was through a dream that God said I was supposed to be here to do the hard thing, you know, lift the heavy weights. Came over here, had to submit to authority. You know, sometimes we think that's a bad word, submission. Oop, you just see like the, you know, the hashtags and the asterisks. Submission's a blessing. It's a blessing. Like I said, you know, Pastor Joel, he said, so now you're going to dance. And I'm like, I, I just, I know things. I don't really dance, you know. Before that, I was telling Apostle Melody, you know, I, I couldn't even speak in front of a crowd. They, I got a skit to do when I was in Trinidad. Literally, I was a non-speaking person. I, I was still scared. <laughs> I'm like, I was, still, I was saying yes, I could have been a sheep and I'd still be scared. Like, I'd have just been there. Like, I'm still scared. I was really scared, you know? But it just takes God to work in us. You know, sometimes we sit down and we think, God, how are you going to do? I can't do this. I can't do that. But let me tell you something. All it takes is submitting to God fully. When we submit to God and we come from a place of the presence of God and the holy place with God, when we come from a place of just pulling on his presence and allowing all of who he is to fill all of who we are, then God can use us to do anything. He can use us to change our communities. He can use us to change our schools, our nation. He can use us to change the state. He can use us to do anything. Literally anything would be possible at that point in time once we're yielded. All God needs for exceptional people is yielded vessels. There's nothing else. The qualification is not what we think we can do. Our educational background is not that. That's not our qualification. I'm not saying don't study. Let's be, let's be serious now. <laughs> but I am saying that God can do exceptional things even without our qualifications. God can take you anywhere. And God can do anything from where you are. Just yielding to God makes us extraordinary. It says, yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. Sorry. And you crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his image. And the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God made us in his image. Psalms 139, verse 13 to 14 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and I am wonderfully. I am fearfully, I am exceptionally. I'm fearfully, I'm profoundly. I'm fearfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Very well. Very well. That means for each individual in this house here, including me, that God, you know, God likes to knit. <laughs> Hold up. I'm just going. God, anybody knits here? That God likes to knit, right? <laughs> you didn't think I was coming that way, but that's okay. <laughs> but God made us. He took time and formed us. We're not here by accident. There's a great plan of God. There's a great will of God for mothers, for children, 
for housewives, I'm talking about everybody, even the positions that we think are not powerful, quote unquote, in our mind positions. We can change our nations from our kitchens. We can change our nation from anywhere. It's functioning from an exceptional place, a position of power. A position of power, a position where we just submit to God and allow him to lead us and show us exactly. You know, sometimes we, what we think of great is not necessarily what's great in God's eyes. What we think of great, we're like, oh, wow, this great position is, that's great. You know, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just playing the drums. I'm just, you know, singing a song. I'm just doing these things. I'm just cleaning the church. And we don't think that that's great. But God can use us from anywhere at any time. There's a story about a, a village in Africa. And um, they were saying that in that village, uh, they wanted um, a church to establish a school within that village. Well, the church did not establish a school within that village, and time went on, on and on and on. You know, I'm sure they're probably thinking, well, we don't know if we have the funds. I don't know if we're, we're not, probably not going to do it. And they just did not do it, so it left a gaping hole in that village. And it left a hole for another religion to come in. And when that religion came in, terrorism came in. A gaping hole. You know, sometimes God puts us in places and we don't think we're really occupying territory, but we are. That who we are, we bring something as his people and carrying his presence. And when we are there, we're, we occupy position. Even in schools, we occupy position. In our jobs, we occupy position. If we are an extraordinary people and we submit to God, we have a kingdom mindset. And we establish the kingdom of God in our homes, like I said. In our schools, we establish the kingdom of God and we carry it wherever we go to. That means what do we bring? We bring signs. We bring wonders. We bring miracles to our job, to our schools, to everywhere we, everywhere we touch. We bring it to the bus stop. We bring it uh, to the restaurant. We bring it to the person that's serving us. We bring it because we're carrying, right? We don't have to wait for a moment. We're carrying. We're carriers. We take it wherever we are as an exceptional people. You know, I'm like, I'm exceptional in church while Pastor Joe's doing worship, but I'm not exceptional when I go to my school. I'm exceptional in church when I feel the presence of God, but I'm not exceptional when I'm at home and I'm dealing with these difficult situations within my home. I'm exceptional at this point, but I'm not exceptional at another. No, we are exceptional again because we're connected to God and God lives in us and we are people set apart for him. And we carry God's presence everywhere we go. That means we bring change wherever we go. That we don't have to wait for a moment we don't have to wait for a time frame. We are carriers. If you play basketball or football, you're carrying it onto the field. You're carrying it onto the court. If you're a hairdresser, you carry it into onto the salon. Praise God. You can even lay hands and they just don't know. <laughs> Wherever we are, we're carrying the presence of God. We are wrecked for the ordinary because we're made extraordinary. We are wrecked for the ordinary. Ordinary doesn't apply to us. We're called to live exceptional lives. Now, like I said, you see, sometimes we don't attribute that to ourselves because of our view of what extraordinary and exceptional is. We see big houses. That's what we attribute to being exceptional. That's not it. 
We're an exceptional people because we are marked by God in this earth. We are consecrated, set apart for him. We carry God's presence everywhere we go. We are exceptional, regardless of whatever situation you're facing right now. You're exceptional. If you carry God, if you are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, if you are speaking in tongues, then the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And that means you are a carrier of God's presence and you bring change wherever you are. You bring change wherever you go. That The breath of God, as you open your mouth to speak, then God wants to work in you to do something through you wherever you're at. Whether it's in the hospital, whether it's in the nursing home, you bring change. That means that you are a change agent. You are a carrier of the presence of God. Whatever you touch impacts. That's who we're called to be. We're called to initiate change as exceptional people. In Psalm verse, chapter 139, verse 15, it says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven. You see, I told you, God, he knits, he knits, <laughs> you know, in the depths of the earth. First Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race or generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for my own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're chosen. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Like I said, we're wrecked for the ordinary. There's something special about me. There's something special about you. We don't think about ourselves that way. Most times we go through our daily lives and it's like mundane. We don't put the soup on our natural. <laughs> we just kind of go through it. You know, I'm just doing whatever. And we wait for church. We wait for worship. We wait till, you know, it's that one point in time where we just pray to God on the mornings. And that's not what it is. All throughout our day, from beginning till the time we sleep and even through our dreams, God wants to manifest all throughout our lives, God wants to use us. You're no better or less or whatever than any the person next to you. We are who we are. We're all knitted. And God wants to use each and every person in this place to impact change wherever you are planted. Wherever you are. Wherever your job is. Wherever your family is. If you don't believe you have a voice, you have a voice. You have a voice. I'm sure Gideon didn't think he had much going on. Until God used him to win a war. <laughs> Most times we don't believe, we don't think. I remember when I had to go do uh, my first uh, movie and I thought, man, I, okay, I'm like, God, most people have had coaching. He said, Tanel, you've had ITC. <laughs> Serious. I'm not, that's what trained me. Our perceptions, eh? You don't think you're receiving what you need where you are, and you wouldn't believe how qualified you are just because you have been where God planted you. Our perceptions. What we see, how we see. That's why it's so important for us to seek the heart of God, because, you know, what we understand may not be God's understanding. And what we think may not be God's thoughts. You see, he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. So in our wisdom, we become fools because we do not think like God. His ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways. We sit down sometimes and while we go through our processes, God's taking us through a place and sometimes we're like, God, I just don't see how one and one is going to make two. 
I don't understand why you would take me this way. I don't feel like I amount to enough. I don't feel like you're going to do this with my life. I have all these dreams, but I don't see how you're going to do it. How are you going to do this from here? I don't have what I need for you to do this. All these thoughts flood us. Why? Because we're functioning from a place of assessing ourselves. Yes. If we assess us, we definitely can't do it. If we assess us, we definitely don't have a voice in our schools, in our jobs, in our homes. If we assess us, then yeah, we surely can't raise anybody from the dead. I you know, I just, I'm like, I can't do that on my own. If we assess us, we can't even properly have faith. If we assess ourselves, but because of God's presence, God's presence is so, so important for where we go. And coming from a place of really seeking after God like David, one thing, and going after his presence and going after him is really, really important. Sometimes we preach and like we say, you know, that extraordinary, but, you know, we say, okay, go after God's presence and God's going to do this. He's going to speak to you and we're like, okay, but do you have an explanation for this? Can you give me five steps for that? And I know me and I'd like, like, give me five and give me 10 extra if you need, if you have them. You know, but what God has done in my life, it's like, it, it just blows your mind. Not that you probably won't get the steps along the way, but most time it's like OJ, OJT on the job training. God takes you along. Takes you along a path and picks you up and carries you through coming from a place of his presence. We're not called to be, we're not called to be just extraordinary, wonderful, marvelous, sensational, unique, amazing thing without God. We're called to do it with God. God is our helper. God is our help in time of trouble. When you look at Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And that scripture has really been coming to me. I'm like, okay, God, what does it mean to know you? Does it mean to read the Bible? Not just that. Now read the Bible. What does it mean to know God? What does it really mean to know God a lot of people say, oh, I, I know God because I can, I can quote this. This is what the, the Bible says about him. There's a difference with reading a book about somebody and really adding that book up to actual experiential, experiential knowledge. You know, when we really delve into spending time with him and really pulling on the presence of God. You know, the Bible says that they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It didn't say those that know about their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It didn't say those that heard what the pastor said on Sunday, and it's hopeful, hopefully I remember the whole message, because it's only about one sentence I'm going to remember from that sermon anyway, shall be, do great exploits. It never said that. It said that they that have experiential knowledge, you know, that genosco, where God comes into you and transforms your life. They that have an experiential knowledge of God, where he's put his imprint on them, where he's working in you, active moving. Those that know their God, those that genosco, God, come into me, and God encompass me. Me, fill my whole life. Those that are overflowing with God, that want God to invade every part of everything that concerns them. Those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Didn't say those that I, I understand it. But those that know him. How do I know you? I spend time with you. I pick your brain. I ask you questions. How do you get to know a person? You hang out with them. You find out what the, what, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? And then we go deeper, because you know that's the usual question, right? <laughs> what makes you upset? What pleases you? 
in a marriage, how do you know the person? You don't just want to know their favorite color. You're like, yes, I know their favorite color. I know them. No. <laughs> no. But the questions go deeper the more and more we know the person. And just like with God, things go deeper the more and more. So it's not just, okay, I've read the word. Now I'm hiding it in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now I'm conscious, God, this displeases you. And if it hurts you, I feel it. It affects me. When we know somebody enough, when they're hurt, we get hurt too. It's different. When we really delve into the presence of God, what hurts the heart of God? It hurts us. What affects God affects us. You see, there's a different knowing. It's not a surface level where we just read about something. It's when you become so connected to God that you're like, when, when God is grieved, sometimes you're like, he wouldn't have even just spoken and told you what it is yet, but you feel like something's grieving God. What is it? And then you go before the Father. And that's for everybody. They that know their God. They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Why? You can't have strength when you know God because you trust him. When we build relationship, we trust the person. You remember we, had, we were doing, uh, years ago we do the trust fall in ITC. I just didn't want to do trust fall. I'm like, we're going to fall and these people are going to catch me. I don't know who's strong enough. I'm, you know, I'm, okay, we can, I can do it. But like in my mind, I'm like, so then after that, if I do hit the ground, then I wonder what, oh, we can do this and that and that. You know, in my mind, that's you process your safety automatically. Those that are strong, those, those that know their God shall be strong. We trust him. And it and empowers us and it pushes us into a place of strength. So therefore we have security as we learn about him and press into his presence. And we can trust him for the big weights, the heavy weights. If we don't come from a place of knowing him and establishing relationship with him, then we cannot do great things. Because we don't trust him. We can't have faith. If he tells us to move, when we don't understand it, we will not do what he's saying. If we don't know him, then we're not moved when he's moved. It's easy to ignore, isn't it? Yeah. This sounds going to sound really badly, but it's, it's easier to ignore somebody that you're not very close to. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> than somebody that's close up on you. If it's your child and they're talking to you, 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 would, you even go down to meet them and talk to them. Is that not true? People that are close to you, it's easier to hear them, right? They that know their God shall be strong. Everything about this time frame is about the bride and Christ. And God's pulling us into places where we are becoming closer to him. It's not just our structures. It's not just, okay, well, okay, let me, I know how to do this. God wrecked me for my planner. I love my planner. I love my planner. And I do use my planner. But in the midst of my planning, I have to have relationship. In the midst of my planning, I have to root myself in the presence of God. In the midst of everything, the presence of God is a guy. Why? If you, the sons of God, are led by what? My planner? <laughs> are the, plans of, the sons of God led by my planner? I love my planner. But the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. How are we able to identify when the Spirit speaks through relationship? Through constantly practicing the presence of God and practicing hearing him. Is that not so? It's through practice. We're all called to walk extraordinarily. There's no excuses because we were made that way. So that means average, ordinary, common, usual does not apply to you. Mundane does not apply to you. 
Movers and shakers applies to you. Transformation applies to you. Revival applies to you. That applies because that's who our God is. So we look like him. When he made us, he knitted us together and he made us in his image. So the attributes of God, a lot of it applies to us. He is great. Isn't he wonderful? Let's go back to the words. Isn't he phenomenal? Isn't he unique? Isn't he rare? He's the only God. There is none like him. Uncommon. Memorable. Doesn't he leave a mark when he does something? All those things apply to us. Apply to us. Another version of uh, Daniel 11 verse 32 says, But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. The people that know their God shall stand firm and take action. That means we're not going to be swerved. We're not going to move. We're going to stand in faith. Be strong. It means to seize, to take hold, to display strength, to grasp. The people that know their God shall, shall uh, be strong and do the great exploits. It means the people that know their God shall seize, take hold, display strength, grasp. To carry out great exploits means to make, to do, to take action. The people that know their God shall seize, shall take hold, shall display strength, shall grasp. They shall do great exploits, right? They shall take action. They will grasp it and they will do it. The people that know their God. In other words, there's something coming from extraordinary people. There's a result. There is something that happens. It's not just in what we say and in what we preach, but it's in what we do. You know, it's like somebody getting up and they're like, I can make a great lasagna. I can make a great lasagna. They make the lasagna and I'm like, oh, it tastes horrible. <laughs> is it in our speech or is it in what we do? A lot of times we sit down and like we quote scriptures and we quote the word of God, but we never really activate them and act on them and be, let them become a part of us. It's like we hear it and we become heavy with the word of God and we don't pour out in actually demonstrating what we've learned. The people that know their God, the results are they shall be strong and they'll do great exploits. That's the results. The proof is in the results. There's results. There's things that accompany those that know their God. There's things that follow them. You see signs and things about them that look different. It's not usual. They're not the average person, are they? Or they'll say, this is not the average church, is it? This is not the usual place, is it? There's something extraordinary, that something extra that accompanies it. If you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph was, he was taken in as a slave. He rose to be the second most powerful person in Egypt, but he relied on God. If you go through the Bible, you see different individuals within the Bible. Joseph relied on God. Moses, to be a deliverer, he relied on God. Mary, she relied on God. You go to Jesus, he relied on God. Esther relied on God to deliver her people. Elijah relied on God to do many signs and wonders and miracles. Abraham relied on God and he became the father of a nation and his seed could not even be numbered. You know, Paul relied on God and he became a best-selling author. <laughs> Deborah relied on God and won a war with Barak. We can go through on and on throughout the word of God and you see the one thing. It, can't, it comes back to one thing. It's not our, our strategies. Our God will give us strategy. 
He will give us structures. I'm not knocking structure or strategy, but what I'm saying, there is a super that accompanies our natural. There is something that comes when we go into the presence of God and God really begins to work in us. It's, a, it's not by might nor by power. It's not by us and what we can do by the arm of our own you know, strength, by our own strength. But it's by what God can do in us and through us as he works in us. We're not called to be ordinary. We're called to make impact. I love the word impact. Because it's effective, right? If I keep hitting on a wall over and over, I'm expecting to bust through. But if I see I'm making a dent, I see I'm making impact, I'm impacting change. And that's what we're calling, you know, called to do here. It worked, impact schools, impacts, you know, the, the community around about us, impact everywhere we go, you know, our jobs, everything. Everything about us is impact. So Joseph went through all of that. Joseph was had impeccable integrity. He interpreted dreams. He was not the average usual person. You know, anybody who comes in and decides you give them a dream and they begin to interpret the entire dream, I believe they're a little bit extra. You know, even anybody who comes in, like just the prophetic, it's a little bit extra, right? Let's, let's be real. We are a little bit extra. If we come and we believe in signs and wonders and miracles, we're extra. Like if you even come in here and begin to raise your hands and worship, you're extra. Whether you believe it or not, the average person may not be doing that. We're already extra, so we just got to accept it, right? We are extra. So that's how, that's what Joseph did. Joseph was a little bit extra. If we go to the book of Exodus, let's turn to Exodus chapter 1. Let's go to verse 8. But it says, now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And that's where we are. I brought you all the way through to bring you here right now. This is where we are. We're at a time where the earth is crying and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, we know that we are exceptional. We know that we are great people. We know that God's called us to great things. But here's what. There arose a time where people did not remember what happened all the way back then. And there were needing to be some, there was needing to be something new to happen so that they would understand, oh, that is their God. Oh, this is who they are. You see, sometimes we get the word of God and we settle on it and it, it's just there with us, you know, and we hear about what happened and, and, and with the, the ministers and speakers and we hear about what's happened with the, you know, people that passed away and great things they did. They healed the sick. They raised the dead. City transformations, revivals. But my question is, there came a time where what? People just don't remember that stuff. They want something that's now. It's not just for us to read about, it's for us to walk out, right? So we can be exceptional and not do exceptional things. We can be extraordinary and not do extraordinary things. Because we're not pressing in for it. David said one thing. I'm, I'm circling back around a couple of times because I wanted to sink. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that one thing will I seek for. One thing. We can be exceptional, and yet still we can be in a time where people do not see miracles, signs, and wonders and see a display of God's power like he should. Why? Because an exceptional people are not doing exceptional things. So Joseph did it. In verse 8, he did it. He, he was exceptional, you know. But the king at this point in time did not know who he was, and it was not the king's fault that he didn't know that amongst a people that was exceptional, that was great, that was wonderful, phenomenal, 
that he did not know that there was a great God or a greatness about them. He's like, okay, well, you know, they're prospering. I know why, yeah, because we are also prospering too. They never said the Egyptians weren't prospering. They said the people of Israel, the children of Israel, they were prospering. Verse 9, it says, and he said unto the people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. They're more. They're multiplying. Like, okay, they're having a little bit more children here. They're mightier than us. I'm looking at them, and they have a potential to do something really, really great, right? Come on, come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there falleth out any ward, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasures, cities, uh, Petom, and Ramesses. So they begin to afflict the people. How many of y'all felt a little bit of affliction recently? So we came from Joseph, who was second in command, interpreting dreams. Joseph. Till we come to a point where, who's Joseph? And here's our affliction. If we look carefully, even the body of Christ throughout this nation, there's an affliction. But there's an affliction because there's about to be a demonstration. It's an affliction because it's a pressing. Anytime we get into a hard place, that's when God begins to pour out because we press into God. And we do what? One thing because nothing else matters at that point in time. One thing if I desire the Lord, we begin to seek after God. He brings us back to the one thing. You see, sometimes we get like they're prospering. They're doing great. They're multiplying. But you see, but Joseph was, there's something different about Joseph. He was really connected to God. Joseph had a connection that caused him to not just, just prosper. He didn't just, just multiply. He didn't just prosper. But he was exceptional. There was some, there was an extra, there was super on his natural that caused him to really stand out. So we can prosper and we can still not have super on our natural. And we can still not make impact. So Joseph, they knew him. They knew what God had done. They knew his God. Why? Because he had super on his natural. They knew it just was not Joseph. It was God through Joseph. And they respected his God. But if people rose up, they were prospering. They were doing great. They were multiplying. But at the same time, they didn't know Joseph. They didn't know Joseph. And they didn't even know his God. It's the turn of Israel. And we believe that they're a threat to us. Let's afflict them. But what if there were many more Josephs among them? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they would be afflicted? I'm just throwing that out there. Would they have been afflicted that way? If there was a couple Josephs, there probably wouldn't be affliction. God wants to pour out new demonstration. You know, we passed Yom Kippur, and it's a season where we're going. It's new of God, a new season. It's a new season. It's a new time frame. God wants us to do new great exploits. He wants us to do new things. We hear about stories. I know um, uh, uh, Katie came up here and she spoke about the, the, the testimony about the lady. But God wants us to pour out testimonies in times where we do cry out to him and where he does do great things even in Africa. Now, this is a really crazy story. Brace yourselves. There was someone, like I said, I, this is just a really, this is a bizarre story. I'm trying to grasp it myself. But the person, there's a man, this lady was, uh, she wanted to have a child. So the minister laid hands on her, and guess what? She got pregnant. She delivered in the same service. Yeah. 
that, no, I was like, that is, whew. Their deliverance is, I'm going to say this, where you have literal snakes crawling out of human bodies. <laughs> God bless Africa. Anybody going with me? <laughs> But God doesn't want to put super and unnatural. Now, that's really out there, and I take you really left field, but God wants to use you today. He wants to use you now. God wants to put super and unnatural, and he wants to bring us back around to a time when we're not just attending church, but we're demonstrating we're being the church. We are being the church in the fullness of what the bride is supposed to look like, every part really being accessible and being used for God's glory and I keep saying every single one of us in here, God wants to demonstrate signs and wonders and miracles through us. Amen? 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 Amen. He wants to use us. He wants to do something on the inside of us that impacts this world and leaves a mark that says this is the people of God. This is who Joseph is. He wants to bring back around, okay, this is the people of God. So then God brought in Moses. Why? Because he needed a display of his signs and wonders. At that point in time, Moses came in. Moses decided, I'm going to help these people. God said I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to try to do this here. He started doing this. People started speaking against him. They're like, Moses, listen, you better have a better plan than that because you just came in and things got worse. So I don't know if this is going to go well with you being the main person leading here because I don't see your plan working. <laughs> but God chose Moses. And Moses, again, had to do what? He had to take him away to do what, Delvin? It's God first, no matter what we do. He had to meet with God first. God didn't say, I'm going to use everything that you were taught in Pharaoh's house. He just had to meet with God. You see, everything that we're about and everything that we're going to do comes from a place of what? First meeting with God. And first coming into the presence of God. You know, it's not a spooky spiritual thing. You know, it's not about being spooky spiritual. It's about meeting with our Father. You see, sometimes we don't know who we are. We go to God as if he's some type of a, you know, a cloud or a thing. And we don't approach him as a person that we're in relationship with, that we can talk to, that we can relate to, that can share his mind. If you read the Bible, God shared his mind. He even said when he was not happy, he was upset. We have to change our stances to how we do because in order for us to do great exploits, we have to know our God. He has to be able to say, you know what, I'm not happy about this. Or you know what, I'm happy about this. Or guess what I see. That's relationship. That's relationship where God can pour out his heart. He can trust us with the secrets. God wants to take us into his presence where we can be connected to him and we can be used. How many of y'all know if you're connected to the president of the United States that you can do some stuff? That you have access to some stuff if you have connection. How many of y'all know if you are connected to anybody in great positions that there is some access you have to things? How many of y'all know if you're connected to God that God gives grants us all access? All access to what needs to be done. God has called us to be great and do great things. So God is shifting us into a place where he's bringing back around certain things. You see, we've heard about the signs and wonders and miracles. We've heard about God doing great. We've heard about God putting us on platforms and heard about all these things, but no, there's a generation that's coming up that don't just want to hear about it. They don't want to hear. They want to see. There's people right now that are turning to all forms of religions. Why? Because they want to see. See, we blame them and we say, well, they should not do that. People should not do this. But my question is, what are we doing? 
If we are the ones that bear the solution and we are the ones that's supposed to know our God and do great exploits, then the problem is not just the world. The problem is the church. The problem is that we need to press into God and know our God. We need to adhere to the word of God. We need to seek his face. And as we do that and God changes us and works in us, then we're able and we establish relationship with him. Then we can walk out on obedience to the voice of the one that we hear because of relationship. And do great things no matter where we are. No matter where we are. So the problem is not the witches. You know, the, the, the problem is that we need to demonstrate. The problem is that Joseph, people forgot him. And then here the people were. And it's like they're multiplying. They're doing, yeah, they're doing those things. But the power, the dunamis, the demonstration is not there. So God wants us, again, to put the super on our natural and get a little extra and do a little extra in the presence of God. Get a little extra with our times with him. Get a little extra with our faith. Get a little extra with pressing into him. He wants us to be a little bit extra and press in and go beyond where we've gone before. And go beyond our structures and go beyond our thought processes. And go beyond, you know, what we think should happen. And go into what do you think should happen. What do you feel should happen? You see, we're coming from a place of just wanting to establish our own thing. You see, when we build our kingdom, it doesn't work. But we're building the kingdom of God no matter where he places us. It's funny. There was this one time. Um, this one time I went, uh, I went on set. You know, and I just sit down on set there. And I'm like, okay, God, it's just, I'm trying to wade through this here. Because I'm a prophet. But I'm an actress. And I was trying to put the two, like, okay, how do I put these two together here? I'm not understanding. I had a conflict. You know, how do you put prophet and actress? It's like. Because in my mind, I'm saying, okay, like, I'm like, shut up, and then I go over here, and I start acting. It's like you're trying to figure out how do you put the two, because it seems like two extremes. And God was like, no, you can put the both together. You don't have to change who you are in your school, or you don't have to change who you are in your workplace. You have to be who you're called to be. That's it. So we don't separate ourselves and say, I am a Christian here. And when I'm a Christian people, I'm a Christian. And when I'm at, you know, in a Christian place, I'm a Christian. But when I'm at my jobs or schools, no, it's all one. Well, we're a hypocrite. That's true. You know, but it's all one. It's all one. We demonstrate where we are. I've gotten opportunities to prophesy to people. You know, I've gotten opportunities to lay hands on people that are sick. And that's on set. I've got opportunities to speak into people that do business. And that's, you know, that's just because I'm like, okay, there are times I was like, okay, God, how am I supposed to bring this across? Because I ask a lot of questions, y'all. I really ask a lot of questions. So that's me. I ask. And God answers, praise him. <laughs> He's patient with me. So, but God responds, and I just asked, how am I supposed to go about doing this? Because it was unfamiliar territory to me. And he just spoke and I just said it. And people are impacted. So the prophetic. It applies to everything. Healing of miracles applies to Tell, Ask me somebody who doesn't want to be healed, who's sick. Tell me somebody who does not want to be healed, who's sick. Tell me somebody who does not want to know what is in my future. What does God want for me? Tell me somebody who wouldn't want to hear. I just even a clear direction or a warning. I said, don't go right, go left. 
We have what this world needs. We are solutions, every one of us. When God made us exceptional, you see that destiny, that the fact that we are made and knitted together, we're not just exceptional, we're called to do exceptional things. We are solutions to this world. We are solutions to problems that exist, problems that exist right, right now. We're solutions to people who are suffering. We're solutions to people, for, we're solutions to poverty. I bet you if the church got together, we could find a solution to economic problems. Inventions and creations for things that have not been seen before. That's who we are. But if a powerful people does not recognize that they indeed do have power given by God, then they'll never exercise it. And if a powerful people also, like I got power, but you don't tap into it and begin to in faith exercise the power that God's given you, then there's nothing we can affect. We become null, void, normal, common, usual, nothing special. We give up our godliness. We give up the glory of God. We give up every single thing. We give up our extra. And we cause ourselves to be civilians. Usual. Wanting help. We don't recognize that we bring solutions. We don't put God in proper perspective. Sometimes we think that God is just right here at our shoulder level. We don't understand that every problem God can answer like every when you think about who God is there's nothing there's nothing that we can't do with God all things are possible with God all things are possible but it's time for us to access it you see Joseph believed it and Elijah believed it and Mary understood it. okay I'm, I'm gonna accept this why because she knew who her God was you see Deborah knew it so she could get a word and go out to war think about it Get a word and go out. So you know you can be killed in war, right? <laughs> Elijah knew it. And he was able to say, bring your prophets. Showdown time. All y'all on this mountain. Let's do the altar. Do your do. I'll do my do. <laughs> he said, come on. And he was even teasing them. Keep crying. Is he sleeping? <laughs> or maybe he just went out and just for a trip and came back, you know? He was taunting them. That's what he was provoking them. How many of us would provoke people that were in a witchcraft? That's the truth. That's, some of us are like, we're not playing. We're not doing it. We're not bold enough. We don't know our God enough. That's our problem. So we're scared. Anything happens, we get scared. We're civilians. We become civilians. Why? Because we give up our power to fear. And we've not established relationship to the point where God is really moving and working fully on the inside of us. We forget who our God is. And again, we end up like the children of Israel. We're in Egypt. We're doing well. But at the same time, we're not like Joseph. We give up our exceptional, our phenomenal, our wonderful, our extra. We give it up to just be normal, common, usual. We want to fit in, even though we're called to be a peculiar people. Let me tell you what peculiar looks like. It looks like that person walking around with purple hair. And you're... 
Don't you notice that person? I'm just saying, I noticed that person. Like, my hair was, you should have seen my hair yesterday. I thought, okay. And the person with the purple hair was like, hi. So I'm like, I know my hair is crazy. <laughs> I know my hair looks crazy. Because they said hi. They felt comfortable looking at my, my hair was just, it was different. <laughs> but they waved to me. I'm like, yeah, my hair is, yeah, that's okay. Both our hair. But I noticed that person with, like, the purple. Don't you notice people, like, with the purple or the pink, like, the really loud color hair? But it's something about me. I smile when I see people like that because I'm like, yeah, they're extra. God wants us to be extra, exceptional. God is setting us up for new accomplishments. How many of y'all believe that there are some things that you see in your life right now that God wants to take you to new levels? If you don't see that, you got to see God. If you're at a place right now where you are not feeling that God is taking you into some type of newness, because that's a season we're in. God's new exploits, new accomplishment, new things. God's taking us to a new level. If that is not the season, if that is not what you feel right now, I suggest that you really seek God because God's taking his people into new places. He's challenging us. How many of y'all know that everything's falling apart outside in the world? Praise God. Why? Because we're the solution bearers. And the earth is groaning and it's time for us to manifest. Hello. <laughs> Praise God because things are falling and it's time he's dismantling systems and he's putting together what? His system. And he's allowing us to really press in and press past our places of comfortability. Press past our places where we're just usual and common and where things have just been okay. And now he's taking us into the supernatural. I was talking to someone and I was telling them, they would just say, you know, you know, GMO is getting into everything. I'm like, then grace before meals is going to be one of the most important prayers coming on here. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to be so important. Grace before meals, bless us, shoka bahata. Like you mean speaking in tongues and shouting for grace before meals because you're going to really need to pray over your food. Let's be real. There's so many sicknesses and then God gave us healing. Right? But we get scared. Why? Because the super, we're operating too natural. We forget who our God is. But they that know their God shall be strong. So that means when somebody else is quivering, you might feel that fear kicking. You're like, I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. God did not give me a spirit of what fear, but of what power. Love and a sound mind. In other words, fear does what? It diminishes power. To be a powerful people, you got to be a fearless people. Fear, fear sucks power. Anytime you become fearful, if you become fearful, I can control you. If I can get you to become fearful, I can get you to do what I'm saying. And that's the truth. Fear sucks power. Right? Fear sucks power. That means if you're fearful, then all kinds of thoughts will go through your mind because you no longer have a sound mind. You are like hallucinating, imagining all sorts of crazy things. Fear saps love. When you become fearful, you're self-protecting. Everything is about you. It's self-focused now. I'm, yeah, you're not going to cross these boundary lines here. When you become fearful, you don't have the bravery to even save a life. Because it's self-focused. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Fear cripples fate. Fear drains power. Fear drains love. Fear makes us powerless completely. We are null and void. We're back to a point of nothingness. You know, fear makes uh, us control, un unrighteously control. Anytime you see unrighteous control, even a religious system, like a, a demonic spirit of religion, you see a spirit of fear. Fear opens us up to, be, to survival. 
That means I'll do whatever it takes. However, I'm, I'm going to do it just to be, just to survive. Fear causes us to not be exceptional. Fear causes us to be, again, civilians. We are common. We are reduced to being powerless. There's nothing special about us. Fear causes us to function from a place of limitation and what we can do by our own striving and our own strength. When we are fearful, we cannot attain the promises of God for our life. Why? Because we need to do what we can do. We want to stay safe by what we know, but when God says, trust me, then he takes us into a place like you're standing at the edge and you're like, God, I haven't grown wings, but you're telling me to jump. Is that what you're saying? And God says, yes, I've said it five times. <laughs> and he said, jump, and you're inching. But you see, the ground is what you can feel. You know the ground. You've been there walking. It's common. It's safe. But you don't know the air. You don't know the leap. But God's calling us to take a, take a, uh, just take a leap into places of the unknown. Fear locks us into the ordinary, the common, the usual, the mundane, the typical. So we feel safe. Fear shuts us down on the inside and causes us to not be able to dream. Even the very promises that God would have for our lives, it's like we've completely shut it down because we don't see how it's going to come to pass. So then we amount it to foolishness because we're like, no, I can't do that. It comes back to us. That's why if we know our God, we'll be strong because we see it from a place of God can do all things. And so that means with God, all things are possible. And he can use me to do the impossible. Amen. To be extraordinary, we need to have a God reliance. We need to make our center, our focus, and everything about God, about him, about what he can do, about what he has said. You see, we have to take our focus off of ourselves and come from a place of, it's, it's not, I'm not going to look at my own life. I'm not going to look at me and everything that encompasses just me. I'm going to be full of love. You see, love is not like self-focused. Love will jump in front of a bus to save its child. That means the love of God came to earth, but let's go back. We're backtracking. He didn't just come to earth. He put his position down. God put it down to step into what was knitted. Came through the law that he made because every person that comes to this earth is born through a woman. Submitted to his own law to come onto this earth to be changed, you know, diapers changed. <laughs> let's, let's go through the whole thing. To be cutting teeth. To go through schooling. To submit. God did that. Then to come to die a humiliating death so we could be empowered to be extraordinary. That's love. He did all that for us. And now it's time for us to access the love of God. And access the power of God and everything that he died for to be an extraordinary people. Will shift every part of society, every mountain that exists within it. If we indeed operate not just in knowing that we're an extraordinary people. But acting and demonstrating that we're an extraordinary people. And by our relationship with God. Amen. Amen. I just want to pray. How many of y'all believe that, you know, that you are indeed entering into a new season and that God has some stuff, you know, for, for you, for your life? How many of y'all believe that? Can I show, see by raising hands? 
you know, that God wants to do something different. How many of y'all believe that you have a destiny, a purpose, something, a mountain that you're called into, something to impact, right? How many of y'all know that that's going to come by doing something? You know, it's not just us believing in it. It's by us literally taking steps and making an like, action. How many of y'all believe in action? It's not just sitting down believing it. You know, I can believe all I want that, uh, that what? That my clothing is iron, but if I don't get up and iron it, it's just, you know. There's some things that come by not just believing, but faith without works is dead. We can have faith that accesses, but then works is what, what means we are stepping out and allowing God to pave a way under our feet, right? That we are stepping beyond ourselves and allowing God to tap us into supernatural and open doors that only he can open and do things that only he can do. God, for God to put his extra on our ordinary, we need to tap into the supernatural. Yeah. How many of y'all believe that? right? So for this next season ahead, it's not going to come by our good intentions. And it's not going to come by our good ideas or what we think God's going to do. It's going to come by literally pouring ourselves out before God and laying before him to say, God, gird me up. God, do something in me. God, work a work in me. God, this is not by might nor by power. I need you to do something that I can't do. The only way that we can make impact in the mountains and our spheres of influence is for God to literally come in himself. Yeah and do something great. Amen? Something greater than what we can do. You see, we can do things, but God wants to do something greater than what we can do by our own strength. For us to make a mark, that's supernatural. It's supernatural. But that's what we're called to be. An extraordinary people. A supernatural people. I'm going to ask you to stand up. If there's anybody that wants me to pray for them, for this new season coming up here, we all have things that God, you know, wants to do. And I believe that God wants us to be empowered. I believe that God wants to take us just out of our boxes. And that he really wants to gird us up for this new season, that we are a powerful people. We're an extraordinary people, everybody inside here. That God wants us to heal the sick. He wants us to raise the dead. He wants us to stand on platforms that we probably don't feel like we're qualified for, but it's necessary for us to step into how many of y'all believe that God's calling you into a place with him and into places of influence? God's doing that. That's what he's doing for you. That's what he's doing for us. It's time. God's raising up the Josephs. He's raising up the Deborahs. He's raising back up the Elijahs. It's a time. It's prime time for these things to come back around again. He's raising up the Jeremiah's and the Nehemiah's. That's exactly what he's doing. He's raising up. He's stirring something within his people that's like, no, we've been buried. We've been, uh, we've been stuffed in. But now it's time for us to come out and demonstrate the kingdom of God in this world. God's stirring something on the inside of us that's beyond what we understand with our minds. How many of y'all believe that? He's stirring something on the inside of us that there's a knowing that we have right here. We know things that we don't clearly understand. And God wants to do that thing. Amen. If anybody wants me to lay hands on them, just to pray for them, I'd ask you to just, you know, feel free to come forward. you God. Amen. God we bless your name. Father God we just thank you for this new season. 
Lord, God, we just thank you for everything that you've done so far. And we thank you, God, for what you've done in us. And God, we praise you, Father God, that we are an exceptional people and you're doing exceptional things with us, Lord. (laughs) That God, if you can shut up the heavens and then you can open it up to rain, rain, God, you can do anything with us, Lord. That if you can raise the dead, you can do anything with us, Lord. Father God, we just thank you right now that we are your people and you are our God. And God, we thank you for a God reliance in the name of Jesus. Father God, that God, you can do anything. We say, go Jesus, yay God. We thank you, Father, right now for the power of God. Father God, residing on the inside of us and all that you want to do in every sphere of influence, in every mountain, that God, we are demon chasers. Father God, that we are God pursuers in the name of Jesus and God we tear down strongholds father and we lift up your name in the name of Jesus father we thank you God that you're powerful and we open up to you Lord for all that you want to do Lord in the name of Jesus all that you want to do Lord